Welcome to the Win Daily Podcast. We are talking week one, FanDuel, NFL, GPPs, and we'll talk some cash games too. I'm with David Jones, Sedacious Jones. David, how you doing, man? Doing good, bud. Doing good. So are you ready for week one? I've been getting ready for week one for weeks. So let me ask you, I'll put you on the spot. We were just talking, you know, prior to the show, but like, when do you stop playing baseball? When do you start focusing on NFL? And, you know, how do you make that transition? And while you're talking about that, I just want to tell you what I'm looking at in the background. We have the MLB network on. And Peter Alonzo, because the Mets like ripping off shirts, he's just sitting there bare-chested doing an interview right now. So that's oh. what I got in the background of my uh, my TV right now. But tell me how you transitioned from Peter Alonzo, the Mets, and, you know, you, you're a big Braves fan, and, and going to football. Yeah, so it, it, the sites kind of make it easy for you because during baseball season, they have good contests with higher-paying uh, top prizes. And when NFL starts, the contests kind of start to shrink and – the top prizes aren't as good, and you don't want to play them as bad. The good time to get back into MLB once NFL starts would be on like a Tuesday after NFL's over. Some people have some money to deposit in these sites. Uh, some of the you know guys who just got lucky, the amateurs are going to be able to play on Tuesdays just because they want to get a fix. And knowing what we're doing, we can hop back into MLB on maybe Tuesday, Wednesday before the Thursday slate starts and try and take advantage of some of these people who maybe don't play MLB as often. So you're talking like what I used to do for like, you know, early on, I would say probably the last five, four, three, three years, you go in and you just start sniping $50, $100 head to head. And you see these wacky ass lineups in MLB that you just, oh my God, like how did this guy play this? That kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, you'll see people get in there and just, you know, try and home run hunt, which isn't how you win MLB. As you know, obviously you just stack a couple teams. I mean, you can get in there and play low dollar head to heads or pay up twenty five fifty. But I mean, me and you being on the side all the time would recognize the name, so you can just go through the the pool, really see people you don't know, and then play them and just try and double up your money real quick until NFL starts again. Smart move, smart move. All right, so let's talk about football. It's week one, and I know you're a big narrative guy, um, talking about narratives, and one of the biggest things that. If somehow, some way, like if you can just get into these coaches' heads and and understand what they're really saying, because they're gonna say a bunch of bullshit, and beat reporters gonna say a bunch of stuff, and you already heard draft week analysis fail after watching that Chicago game when that backfield got just tore up, and everybody's hyping all these guys on Chicago and nobody did anything, and Trubisky is what he is, and you know who knows it's week one, but how do you decipher through? what these coaches say, what these beat reporters say, and then you you, know, you have to do your own a- analysis to see if they're just trying to, you know, game plan against the other coach and, and strategize themselves. But how do you read through all that and try to come up with answers? Yeah, well, that's what's tough about any sport, really. So you have, you know, the opposing coach is going to try and figure out what the other team does best. And at the same time, that team they're trying to plan against has to try and figure out what that opposing coach doesn't know so a lot of the time when you think you know the uh opposing coach is going to do the unexpected like you saw last night the only touchdown of the game was jimmy graham i mean i think around three percent of people had him as their mvp in the showdown slate so i mean when you have someone like that's in an obvious elite matchup like a like a hopkins uh or you know a julio not necessarily this week then you can target them. But when the matchups are really even, then you have to try and start looking for that little hidden piece like a like a tight end or a slot receiver that a lot of people won't be on and try and take advantage of them there. Yeah, it's tough, man. It's tough. So let's get into this first game. Um, we got a possible comeback here. I hear a lot of people hyping this dude up. I actually like him. I, you know, there's, there's hype that goes around all around. And, you know, some people are so hyped up on certain guys and they're just talking out you know, out of their own opinions and stuff like that. But I can get behind the Wentz train. I think from what we last saw when he was playing at his highest levels before an injury, guy was doing everything. He was peppering everybody with the ball, all receivers, all tight ends, running with the ball, moving drives, and they look really, really good. Um, So we got Wentz going into what looks to be, you know, potentially 
a kind of blowout, but it's early in the season. We don't know what blowouts mean early in the season. They might still want to get more reps and try things out. So blowouts might last a little bit longer. Most people are healthy, but how do you feel about this Washington Philly game? Obviously Wentz, Ertz, Jeffrey, where are you looking here? Yeah, well, I mean, Philly's going to win this game. So the thing about the Eagles, what's been the problem with the Eagles for me for a couple of years is they have so many options to, to go to right now in the backfield. They've got, uh, Jordan Howard and then Miles Sanders coming up. The receivers, Jeffrey Jackson, Aguilar. And then you've definitely got, I mean, Earth, you've got to watch out for. So Wentz is in a great position here, but the problem is that you have to worry about the blowout. And what happens when the blowout happens? The receivers quit getting targets, Wentz quit, quits throwing the ball. And then you see a lot of the run game. Uh, so from the receivers, you're going to get production, like, you know, the first half, maybe three quarters, and then it's going to turn into the run game and the back end of the game. If it is a blowout, that's where you're probably seeing more Miles Sanders. I'm reading that Howard and Sanders are both going to be splitting time here. And I mean, Jordan Howard's been in the league for a few years. They're probably going to go to him first. Miles Sanders is just coming up. Um, so to me, Wentz is... Wentz is fine. I think they're going to win, but I just don't think he's going to be, you know, pressing the ball for four quarters here enough to make me want to play him on my team. So who, who, if you were going Wentz, because I, I like to make lineups for pretty much almost every quarterback, just to have one share, and hopefully it's the right share. Who would you pair Wentz with? I guess I'm going to say Ertz. I mean, you know, he's an elite tight end, top, arguably top. I think he's top two. I mean, some people would throw Kittle in there, but – you know, he had a couple of big games last year, and Ertz has just been more consistent. So, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd go Ertz because with the— no, no love for Jeffrey at all? Yeah, I mean, Jeffrey's there, and Jeffrey's a big play receiver. I mean, I'm looking at his game log right now. I mean, he's getting the targets from last year anyways. He's going to be the top target. Deshaun Jackson is more of a, you know, long ball threat. Aguilar's a guy. Um, I would go Ertz than, than Jeffrey. Okay, makes sense. They also said they might be doing some uh, two tight end sets with Goddard, from what I heard, too. So he could potentially, potentially be a little sneaky. But no. <clears throat> I can agree. I think you go Wentz to Ertz or you go Wentz to Jeffrey. I think if I'm going with any kind of stacks there, that's where I'd be going. Um, talk about Washington. You know, they, they decided to go with Keenum at quarterback. Um, wide receiving core depleted. Eagles, secondary was a little suspect last year. You know, they did get beat uh, on some, you know, some passes throughout the season. They were the weaker part of their defense. Um, can you give a shot to the one guy that may be healthy for a week and, and throw maybe a share of Jordan Reed in, into a lineup? That's pretty interesting. I really hadn't considered it. You know, the, Washington's just a team I was overlooking. But if you're going with anyone – then you kind of do have to go with Jordan Reed because I'm looking at the receivers and I'm not seeing much. Quinn Richardson Jr. and Kidsey Jr. I don't even. I, I mean, yeah, it, the you best. Can say, you can say, bro. Just say I don't know who these people are because <laughs> I'm mean, with you on it. I know Paul Richardson, but I couldn't talk about Trey Quinn or Terry McLaurin or whoever these other guys are coming out. So it would have to listen. It's the first game of the season. Um, Eagles blow them out. Jordan Reed's going to be healthy, possibly for like a week or two. So maybe you catch him here when he's healthy and they're throwing the ball all second half and Keenum just keeps dumping balls to him. Maybe he gets a hundred yards receiving. He can get, you've seen him. I've seen him, you know, I've seen him do 10 yeah. catches, 150 yards and two touchdowns. So maybe get him post, I mean, a uh, pre-injury. I know he's even coming into the season with some stuff too. So make sure he's playing, but if he is playing, and you end up game stacking this game, which I like to do a lot of, you know, maybe go Carson to Jeffrey um, with a little backside of Jordan Reed. It's the only guy I would feel comfortable playing unless you maybe, maybe want to get really crazy and play like a, a Chris Thompson. But it looks like uh, Geis is going to be starting. But maybe Chris Thompson, this receiving core is that terrible that mm. there's a shot there. I don't know. That's digging deep, though. Yeah, I mean, I can get behind the the read read call, and I'm thinking now more. I mean, they uh, Washington can't have that much trust in Keenum right now. Maybe they're going to try and get the run game going more, keep Wentz off the field. Um, so you might want to look at guys there. It's just such an unknown. It's hard. It's hard to say. 
Yep, I agree. All right, let's get into the the next game here. You got Casey and Jacksonville. This is a game that I uh, I, I laid some money and you know I, I jumped on the Chiefs here a little bit. I think the line uh, minus two hundred. Nothing sexy, nothing great. It's not an underdog. It's not paying even money, but I think Casey comes in here and gets the win, so I'll take it there. Um, everybody's pretty much in play. People are gonna come off KC because Jaguars defense is supposed mm-hmm. to be good. You got Ramsey running around there, but people are gonna avoid Hill. And I lost a ticket last year due to this guy uh, Tyreek Hill in Week One on Fanduel. Was sitting in first place pretty much the whole entire day, and then I don't know if he did his second touchdown or his third touchdown, but he had some ridiculous game week one. So that's gonna remind me to you know. Good offense will beat good defense. Um, and Tyreek is a guy who's uncoverable, so I don't care who's covering him. He's going to find ways to get open. They're going to find ways to get him in, in, involved. But I think the, the best play in this game is probably a combination of maybe some Kelsey with Westbrook. I really like Westbrook. I think he's in for you know a really good game here. Foles is trustworthy, tr- trustworthy in my eyes. I think he's a competent quarterback. You can see what he does, what he's done before. So I don't mind Foles. I don't mind Westbrook. I don't mind Tyreek. Sammy Watkins is interesting. And I think Kelsey's the the smash spot here. They're going to have to find somebody to throw the ball. If Ramsey does hold down Tyreek, I think, you know, Kelsey's in, in for a big game here. So um, this game can be stacked up, can be played a couple different ways. You know, get your shares. If you're entering multiple lineups, definitely get your shares of this game. Yep, I agree. Uh, Tyreek Hill, I mean, yeah, Ramsey's going to be on him. Uh, I mean, he's still, he's so good. He's so elite. He just signed a three year, $54 million contract. I might be wrong about that, but I think it's something close and he's coming from all the off season controversy. I mean, this guy's going to be going full speed, but it's just hard with the, the coverage he's going to be seeing. Kelsey is in the smash spot, I believe. And then, I mean, let's not overlook Mahomes. I, I mean, I know Jacksonville defense is great, but this is the, MVP of the league last year, and he won, I mean, half the, I mean, half the uh, matches last year on FanDuel DraftKings. This guy was just unstoppable, and he's going to be low owned. So I definitely don't mean mind getting Mahomes in a few lineups if I'm trying to pair him up with maybe Hill, or you drop down to Watkins because he's getting the, uh, you know, he's not going to have Ramsey all over him the whole time. Would you so how do you do you play cash? You know, I didn't even ask you this, but do you play any cash games in on you know in for, for, for NFL? No, not so much for NFL. I'll do it more for like NBA and MLB. Gotcha, gotcha. Do you consider Mahomes a cash game player or no? Uh, pro, I mean, probably he's expensive. He's a, he's a top not, guy on the board, but yeah. That's the thing is he's the most expensive, right? So you can, I mean, someone else is going to at least match, you know, his production. That's going to be cheaper than him. So I, I, I think he's going to get his, but I, I don't know. I can't, I, I don't want to say cash game. Would you rather play uh, Nick Foles, $2,000 cheaper in cash? No, I'd rather play Mahomes than Nick Foles. Really? Yeah. I think, I think Foles is interesting. I think he's definitely interesting for GPPs. If you're thinking KC and Mahomes is going to have a good game, which everybody's predicting, it should be someone high scoring. They're going to, you know, KC's defense last year was suspect. You know, that's why they were in all those shootouts. And I've heard some good people, some smart people say Mahomes is going to have less every year because their defense got a little bit better. So their defense got a little better. And when they do post those big leads, you know, their defense is going to hold that lead and they won't force Mahomes to keep throwing and throwing and throwing. But he should be in for a good game. I'm probably I'm definitely gonna have shares of him, but not a ton of shares of him. Uh, game that I do like though is the next game. Um, you're from the Atlanta area, I'm sure you're a Falcons fan. Um, they're going into Minnesota. Minnesota's got a good defense. Julio made some statements in the offseason that he wants to go out there and get 3,000 yards. Um, Matt Ryan coming off a career year last year. How do you see this is your team? How do you see them going into Minnesota against his defense? Yeah, so I think. Uh, of course, it's going to be tough to go into Minnesota the first game of the season and play against that defense at home. But I really think the Falcons, and it's not just because I'm a homer, I think they've got an elite offense. I mean, Matt, they were in the Super Bowl two years ago. We know what happened. Last year, they had a lot of injuries, and Steve Sarkeesian was calling the plays. 
And uh, now you've got a healthy Freeman, a health, completely healthy Julio, a great second receiver, Calvin Ridley. People forget about Muhammad Sanu. I mean, he can definitely get open, but Ridley just kind of push him out of that second spot. And now they've got all their focus on one tight end and Austin Hooper. Um, so, I mean, I think there's a lot of ways that they can get to you. And I know Minnesota defense is good, but I would expect, I mean, Julio's going to have Xavier on him. Ridley, I think, is going to get open. But my favorite offensive play is the cheapest one, and that's going to be Austin Hooper. Just because last year the Vikings weren't great against the tight end. And Hooper's a, I mean, he's a long tight end who can, I mean, he can get it done. That's why they only kept one tight end. I think they got rid of Toy Lulu last year. So that'd be my play for this game. Yeah, I like Hooper. And in all these snake drafts that I did, I ended up with a good amount of Devontae Freeman. He was also a guy that, you know, a couple years back was, you know, considered elite. He's coming off some injuries now. Um, But I scooped up a lot of shares of him. I felt like he dropped late. In best ball drafts, he dropped late in, you know, regular drafts, season-long drafts. So, you know, I grabbed the shares. It's tough when you have a team with this many weapons to figure out who you really want, you know. I can't not have a Ryan to Julio share. I'm going to want probably a a Ryan to one of these secondary receivers, either Ridley or Sanu, probably Ridley, and maybe play a a naked Devontae with Cousins and, and Thielen on the backside of things as well. Um, and then, like you said, you got Hooper to, get, Hooper to deal with as well. So you have a lot of options here. I would probably run a couple of different versions of a stack. I wouldn't be opposed to full game stack in this game and go Ryan with two receivers, you know, and back it up with, with Thielen. And probably the guy that is going to be the highest owned in this game, we haven't even mentioned him yet. What's your call on Dalvin Cook at high ownership? Yeah, I mean – for me, I like running backs that you know are going to get the full workload. They're not splitting carries. Last year, the Falcons were terrible against the pass catching back. Dalvin Cook can catch passes, although that's not his. You know, he's more of a uh, just a straight run it down your run it down the center of the line kind of guy. But I mean, I like him. He was one of the guys I wrote up uh, in my article on the site this week. Uh, I think he's in for a good 15 to 20 touches. I think the game's going to be close. I think the game's going to be high scoring. And I think the price is right. So, I mean, I'm definitely going to have some shares of Cook. How do you deal with ownership? Do you let ownership affect you when you make your lineups? Are you trying to avoid high-owned guys? Or you just have your shares and, and decide, you know, how much to play compared to what everybody else is playing? Yeah, so, I mean, if a guy's – High owned. He's high owned for a reason. He's high owned because he's in a smash spot and he should get the points, especially like week one like this. Everyone's been looking at it so long. The price has been out for so long. Some of the prices are wrong. In week one, I wouldn't worry about it as much. I mean, I know I can get different somewhere else. And that's the thing about NFL DFS is you can't fade every position. I mean, sometimes the position is just going to hit and you've got to get weird somewhere else. So as far as running back goes this week, I I don't love a ton of guys, but Dalvin Cook is one of them. Gotcha. Yeah, I feel the same way. I'll have my shares because I think he's in a smash spot. I think he's in a good spot. Um, But I'm definitely not going to play 100% Dalvin Cook because I think he's going to end up being, depending on the site, depending on the price and what you get him at, I think he's going to be 30 40% owned. And I can see a way that, you know, he doesn't do what he's supposed to be doing. Or, you know, maybe he gets a touchdown and doesn't blow up and somebody else goes for two or three and you Still chasing. Uh, a game that looks like it has another shootout potential are the Rams going into Carolina. Cam versus Goff. Goff coming off a big contract. Cam coming off some injuries. Um, McCaffrey, we all know what he can do. You got question marks with Gurley. I didn't play too many Rams last year, I'll be honest. You know, mm-hmm. until people got hurt. Because they have so many weapons. They got three receivers that kind of offset my love for him because I don't know who to play between Cooks, Woods, and Cup, and I feel like every week it could be a different game plan, but yep. it's a high-point offense. I don't mind playing golf potentially naked by himself. Um, I'm not so high on Gurley. I don't really know what to expect to, you know, from him and his injuries and all that kind of good stuff. I'll have maybe a share or two of Gurley. I'm not going to really touch the receiving core too much. That's just the way I play this team. And McCaffrey have shares. I don't mind playing McCaffrey with, you know, Cam together. 
and maybe sprinkle in some uh, Greg Olson if he's healthy. You know, read some reports about that. But Carolina's a weird team. Can you get behind guys like DJ Moore or Curtis Samuel? Where Where's your feeling on the receiving core? Uh, I, yeah, I mean, they're going to have to air it out some, but half the time they're just going to dump it down to McCaffrey. I like McCaffrey more on, on DraftKings because you get more for the PPR. It's a full point PPR as opposed to a point five PPR. I'm looking at his game log last year. He's getting more targets than any of the receivers. I mean, the last game is a throwaway. I don't know what happened there. He must have got injured. He only has one target, four rushing attempts. But then before that, 13 targets, 11 targets, 7 targets, 10, 11. I mean, he's going to get 15 rush attempts and then, you know, a dozen targets. So I would just go McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. What do you, how do you feel about Greg Olson? It's an interesting point you've made on a couple of these uh, tight ends so far about them being healthy early in the season. And we know that they're good when they're healthy. So I think Greg Olson's going to be pretty sneaky in a game that should be high scoring. I mean, it, it could be a GPP winner, I guess. I probably won't be on it, but I mean, I get the point. Do you trust, who do you, who do you look to now if you're going to LA? You're going to pair Goff. With one of these receivers, you're going to play Gurley. How do you feel on that side? So I'm coming around a little bit more on Gurley. I keep hearing that he's healthy, he's ready to go. And in NFL, the coach isn't going to throw the player out there, especially week one, and such an elite player with such a huge contract as Todd Gurley, unless he's ready to go. He's going to be low-owned because nobody's going to play him because of the knee issue. But if Todd Gurley's getting 15 to 20 touches, I mean, Todd Gurley's elite. As far as the receivers go, I love Cooper Cup, but he's coming off an ACL injury. In week one, it's also a guy that they want to try and keep healthy the whole season, so I don't think they're just going to pepper him the whole game. The guy I'd look there is the guy I'd look to there is probably Robert Woods. I mean, coming Safe in at seven, the bunch, yeah, yeah seven thousand on FanDuel, and I mean, even when Cup was in last season, this guy's getting about. 10 targets a game. Uh, gosh, I'm looking at the touchdowns. He's getting uh, his share of touchdowns, too. Uh, that's the guy that I would probably go to. That's the guy that I wrote up as a sneaky little mid, mid-level mid receiver. Yeah, Cup is, you know, Cup and Woods are, they, they did get theirs. They they definitely did. So I wasn't on Cup in the beginning of the, you know, season, and he did really well, and I, I lost some money because of that. But here's another interesting team. Um, I know everybody and their mother are going to play Cleveland. And I really, to me, it's not the smash spot that everybody makes it out to be. Baker hasn't proved himself to me yet either. They got him all these weapons, though. You know, there's no reason why he can't be good. The guy I like on the team um, the most would probably be Nick Chubb. I'm not an Odell fan. Um, Even though I'm from New York, I just don't like his style off the field. But, you know, a lot of these wide receivers are playing these games now. Um, But... I'm going to have a share or two of Bainfield just because I like to sprinkle a lot of different lineups. So I will have my share. I, there's definitely ways where I can see Baker having a good game. He's got Landry. He's got Odell. He's got Njoku. He's got Nick Chubb. They should move the ball. Their defense is really good. But, you know, if I had to make one lineup, I would definitely fade all these Cleveland players except maybe their defense and Nick Chubb. I think Nick Chubb and their defense are a nice little pairing for cash games, for GPPs. If I'm single entering, I would try to fade them rather than play them. But, you know, in GPPs, I'm going to have, you know, multiple lineups. So I'll definitely throw a share of maybe Mayfield to Odell or Mayfield to um, Landry because I, I know Odell's got some injuries that he's coming off of. So I'll probably stay away from there in Tennessee. I see some people on the Delaney Walker train, um, a, a good amount of people, a lot more than I thought I hear about Delaney. So he's someone you got to think about. But this Cleveland defense is really good. So I think, you know, their defense is going to hold down Mariota. They almost didn't start him to start the season. So there's something going wrong in Tennessee. How do you feel about Cleveland? I know you're on them, so talk them up. Yeah, I like Cleveland, and it is just because of the hype train. I mean, they find, I mean it's been 20, 25 years since they were good at all. I mean, Cleveland's hyped up. They got Odell Beckham Jr. They've got a real quarterback now. 
Nick Chubb's the truth. Jarvis Landry's old teammates with Odell. I think the receiving core is sick. I think if Odell's hip is fine and he can stay healthy the whole season, they really have a good chance. And Najoku's fine at tight end, too, really. Um, I wrote up Odell as my top receiver, but, I mean, I know he has the hip ah. issue. Yeah, I know. Ah. I know he's got the hip issue. So can, it's I get, making, can I get the under on top? I know. Please? It's making me kind of come off him a little bit. He's Odell, I, though. Listen, he's Odell, and he, he made Eli look good for a couple extra years. So, listen, I don't I'm, hate on him. I just don't like all that. I think I'm a little bit biased because I had to see him, like, up close and up close and personal, all his antics and stuff like that. Yeah. So, I might be a little bit biased. This guy's super talented. And, you know, to your point, going back with his college, you know, teammate, Landry should keep him in check, and Landry's more of a hard worker than Odell is, I feel like. Um, so maybe he keeps him in line. He could have a big game. I don't see top, though. I don't see the game script for top either, just unless he gets two bombs early. And he can get bombs anytime. So he, he could break the slate. He definitely could. I don't think he could. What do you think the ownership of o- Odell and his Cleveland stack ends up being? I think Odell will be a little bit less owned. I, I don't think he's going to be chalky just because he's got the, the hip injury going on with him, too. And, look, I think he's going to get a Is touchdown. Is Baker going to be chalky, though? Uh, top on quarterback. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, could probably I don't know fifteen percent something like that, just because people are high on the Browns, but people like to spread it out too during the first week, so it, it's hard to tell. Yeah, but, but like if you just think like I don't know, if I had to take a guess, I haven't looked at any ownership projections. I don't even know where to look for those, but I stay away from them. I think the only guy, the only guy that I think, I don't know. Like, I don't. Do you see a quarterback's gonna be higher owned than Baker Mayfield? Hmm. In see. my head, it's got to be Winston. You know, I like yeah. I like Winston a lot, and I like Garoppolo over Mayfield as well, just because of game script. Um, I think he comes in the highest owned guy. You know what? I'm looking at I'm looking at it now, and I haven't thought about it really as far as percentages goes but i mean you might be right there i mean everyone's going to be high on cleveland tennessee's terrible what could their defense isn't great so what could get you with cleveland is the defense so i think if the browns defense just shows up because they're going to be just as hype as the offense they get a couple picks and baker's not going to have to air it out as much you might get more nick chubb Chubb, the chubb and cleveland's defense is to play in this game that's my gut call um, I think they outduel, you know, probably Mayfield and, and Odell. Maybe not Odell, because Odell is, is scary to make any bets on off Odell because he can be quiet for like three quarters and just catch a seven yard bomb and broken coverage and he hits value. So, but this game, well, you know, it makes sense. I'll, I'll say too, I mean, if Odell truly is hurt, I've been looking at Landry pretty hard too. Uh, if he's out there as more of a decoy, then, I mean, Landry's going to be wide wide open. And Landry's good, and he's getting the targets. He's getting the targets last year. And if they've got the top receiver on Odell instead of Landry, then I, he's one of my favorite mid-range receivers. Yeah, I think he's a sneakier player. I would prefer to play Landry. He's going to be, you know, a target monster, obviously, on DK. A little bit better than, you know, on FanDuel, but still, you know, makes some sense. Baltimore Miami, probably the worst projected team on paper Miami would you say so uh, yeah Baltimore defense is good yeah they're gonna rip through this I have the worst 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 luck with survivors that's why I I bet on everything humanly possible but my <laughs> career luck with survivors is pretty terrible like I can't make it past week three for whatever reason survivors got my number but Fandle did this survivor Pool, whatever. So I got Baltimore going in to week one. So if Baltimore loses, it's definitely the curse of me never doing well in Survivor. But maybe I'll make it past the week because I think Miami's terrible. You know, they they're they're starting Fitzpatrick over Rosen. Um, yeah. They traded away whatever weapons they still had, whatever talent they still have. We don't really know what's happening at running back. There was reports that Balaj would start, and then there's reports now that. Um, Drake. Drake's getting a ton of touches now. I don't know what to say there. I don't know what to do there. But from uh, from the angle of this game that I like the most, and it's kind of sad to say, but it's Mark Ingram. I think, again, Baltimore's defense paired with Mark Ingram. You know, for all the listeners out there who don't really understand 
why we're talking about that or why I'm talking about that is simply you're trying to predict game script. So when I'm predicting for game script in this game is that the defense is going to hold down Miami and in the, in the entire second half, the, the Ravens are going to try to just run the ball down Miami's throat, bleed the clock. That's going to be a combination of Mark Ingram and the, and the Baltimore defense. I can get behind maybe a Lamar Jackson. Hopefully he runs one in, you know, kind of thing. He's a little bit cheaper, but outside of outside of that, I don't really like this receiving core. People are talking on Mark Andrews, but you can easily see a way Mark Andrews gets two points as well. So um, how do you see this game playing out? Is there anybody that you, you love in this game, like in this game? Yeah, I, I'm definitely not playing Mark Andrews chalk. I've heard that name too much, and I mean, that, there's just no way that's going to happen. They've got... Lamar Jackson, who's going to try and run the ball, I know he's going to try and throw it a little bit more than he did last year, too, but that doesn't mean he's still not going to run it more than any other quarterback, probably, on Sunday. Mark Ingram in the backfield, this is really interesting to me, too, because it's the first time Mark Ingram's truly been just the the main back in a backfield. I went to school with Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram is a beast. I was there when, at Alabama when he won the Heisman. And I've also heard rumblings of him. I mean, he doesn't want to sp- – time he he thinks he can handle the full load I would say Ingram's getting in the end zone for sure he's going to be uh really productive especially when Baltimore is picking off Fitzpatrick and uh he's probably my favorite play on the Ravens I'm looking at it now yeah he's my favorite play on the Ravens him and the defense I think that's the same way if you were forced to play somebody on his Dolphins team (laughs) you know say you wanted or Say you wanted to run a Lamar Ingram naked two running stack, and hopefully that they just they both get in somehow. Who would you run it back with? Because yeah, you got to th- run it back. And sometimes I, I force these lineups out, you know, sometimes just to have these weird combinations. And sometimes it pays off. This time it's not going to pay off. But I'll make a Baltimore, you know, Miami game stack. I don't know who I go with. Do you have an answer for me? Uh, Josh Rosen wants Fitzpatrick gets pulled. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, let's say, I mean, it's going to have to be a wide receiver or, or it could be Drake. I've been hearing, I mean, Drake's definitely a pass catching back. He went to school with Mark Ingram. I went to school with Drake too. And, uh, I mean, that's what he is. He's a pass catching back. So if you're looking for someone to just dump it down to Drake would be the guy. If you're looking for the long ball, you're looking at Albert Wilson I mean, Remember he won Albert Wilson week. That was that was a fun week last year. <laughs> yeah, there was there's two Albert Wilson weeks. I'm looking at one nine targets, six receptions, 155 yards for 30 Fanduel points against. I remember the, I remember one of them where it was like such a bad tackling job, and the dude just ran for like 90 yards down the field and just broke the slate. I mean, it's and I'm looking at it too is versus the Bears. I mean, they were ranked number one defense last year. So uh, I mean, yeah, maybe we look at Albert Wilson a little bit harder. Yeah, it's it's sneaky. It's it's definitely definitely sneaky. The guy's got jets, so if he ends up getting out from that defense somehow, you never know. Um, oh, I'll tell, gotta, you, I'll tell you who else I like too. I, um, I know. I was I I, I, I kind of remember seeing some rumblings of of an article that you wrote on Wind Daily Sports, and you can pronounce his last name. I'm not even gonna try, but a dude named Mike. Yeah, I, I probably can't pronounce it. I can spell it for you. So. Mike, Mike Gusecki, I think is how you pronounce it. He's the tight end, 4,900. They're going to have to be throwing it. Um, if they're not dumping it down to Drake, they're going to be looking at Gusecki. I thought, he, I mean, look, he didn't get a ton of targets last year, but I kept hearing that they were impressed with him. I know he has had a good camp. And, I mean, we're looking for a punt here on the Miami Dolphins. So I would roll maybe uh, i might put him in a lineup just trying to win a million dollars but will will he outscore geronimo allison or no just tell me that yeah <laughs> did he did allison finish with zero yeah, yeah. he block of the week is he outscores geronimo allison all right i'm gonna check that with you on monday um now we can go to your favorite quarterback of all time uh mr josh allen um uh, the buffalo Bills, you, do you want to share your your Buffalo Bills prediction with the rest of uh, of America? <laughs> no, <laughs> that was, I, I look. I think they're gonna. I think the Bills are gonna be pretty decent this year. I think they've got a good shot at the playoffs. I know that's a lot of people aren't gonna think that, but football is a sport where it changes every year. 
I mean, who who thought the Rams were going to be in the Super Bowl last year before the season started? You didn't. Once the season got started, you saw they were good. The year before that, who was predicting the Falcons? No one. They were plus 3,500 to get in the Super Bowl. So, I mean, Josh Allen, he's getting better. It's his, is it his third season, second season? How he's much still- of ownership drops after watching Trubisky and then people just look at Josh Allen's face and think he's Trubisky and yep. the same shit happens. So you might get lower ownership on Allen just because of what Trubisky just did. Yeah, maybe so. And, I mean, look, this guy, he's a running quarterback. In DFS, I think I, I hardly ever play a guy, a quarterback, that's not a running quarterback. I want someone who's going to – it's like playing McCaffrey. You want someone who's going to do two things. You've got a quarterback who's going to throw the ball with a better receiving core this year. They just added uh, John Brown and – Tell me this receiving core. Who am I pairing Josh Allen with? Okay. I got to make some lineups to cover my tenacious genes, tenacious Jones exposure, <laughs> make sure I hedge against you. So who am I pairing Allen with? Yeah, well, his receivers now, they pulled over Beasley. They pulled over John Brown. They've got uh, Robert Foster from last year, who, if you remember, made some big plays and won some tournaments last year. I mean, and they would just do Zay Jones. So they have four receivers yep. now. Yeah. So, so how do you rate these receivers for, for this week? Uh, for this week against the Jets, I would maybe... Or even in general, is there a pecking order at this time? Yeah, I mean, you've got uh, John Brown starting with Zay Jones, and uh, then you've got, I believe Zay Jones is starting, and then you've got Beasley and uh, Foster coming in second string. I might be a little off on that, but I think that's right. But the thing about it is, is that Allen's got so many options to throw to. It might not be the receiver that's going to win it. It might just be Josh Allen tossing it out to a few different guys. And also running, which, by the way, Allen ran for eight touchdowns last year as a quarterback. And over 600 yards, I think it was. So I, I just I like a running quarterback. I like Allen. And really not so much the Bills receivers. Yeah, the thing with them adding, I think last year made it a little bit simpler because it was just one or two dudes that he, he could physically throw the ball to. Now I've heard Beasley's name. I've heard Brown's name, Jones' name, Foster's name. That muddies the water for me even more. It makes my you know, decision more difficult. I think in your stacks, you got to take a guess at one of them. But mm-hmm. maybe in cash and some other GPPs, you just play Josh Allen naked and hopeful, hoping that he runs – two of his touchdowns and he doesn't even throw it. So people who stacked Allen with a wide receiver, you just, you avoided that bomb and you just stay with Allen by himself. I think Bell's in for a good season. I don't mind running it back with Le'Veon. I don't mind running it back with Jamison Crowder. Um, You got any news on these jets? Is it just Crowder at this point? Robbie Anderson dealing with a little bit of a calf issue. Um, Le'Veon Bell. Um, would be the top two choices for me. I think it's Bell and Crowder at this point. Crowder for some nice value at 5,400. You can play Darno, you know, coming back. And I don't know who you're going to pair him with on Buffalo, but, you know, maybe Darno with a guy like Zay Jones or John Brown might make some sense as well. Some people are predicting it, that this game is going to be the, the sneaky shootout. Can you see the shootout in this game? Yeah, I haven't heard that, but I was thinking that. I mean, yeah, I've heard, I've heard I'd say out of all the touts, every five touts I hear, maybe one or, you know, every 10 touts, I, I hear a Jets bill stack. Yeah, well, I don't listen. I don't hear a lot of other touts. I try not to, but that's interesting. That's good to know. But I've been thinking that. I mean, th- there's a lot of offensive weapons here and a lot, not a lot of defenses. Uh, I, I even... I mean, Sam Darnold's a little bit interesting. I wrote him up as a complete punt just because he's got Le'Veon Bell there and he's just going to toss it to Le'Veon. So I could easily see Le'Veon catching a pass in the end zone as well as running one in. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think sneaky sneaky stacks, good Robbie Anderson, target monster for the Jets. And then, yeah, Jameson Crowder. I hadn't really thought about him until you mentioned it. I, and I like that too. Yeah, and he got a new one there too. It's it's a I wouldn't go to the tight end core. Um, but I like, you know, Anderson, Crowder. I think those are the two top uh, guys. We just got to see Anderson's, you know, how he's really feeling with this, this leg injury. Um, a game that if we spoke 
two and a half months ago, this would have been my game stack. This was been this would have been a game I was the heaviest on. Um, but after Andrew Luck retired, changed everything for me. I had I had lineups or thoughts of lineups with Ty Andrew, or you know coming back with Keenan Melvin Gordon. Yep. This 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 entire game just changed from the highest scoring game that I was predicting for myself to now a game that I kind of want to avoid because. Maybe Eckler, maybe some Rivers or Keenan. I hear some people talking about Brissett can still throw the ball, but I temper my expectations. I actually like this offense going into my big money leagues draft. I took Ebron with T.Y., thinking mm-hmm. that luck was going to be there, and now I don't even feel confident with either of them in my lineups for the rest of the season. So but I'm kind of stuck with them at this point until they prove themselves. So what do you think about – this game staying close. If it does stay close, is Brissett throwing the ball to T.Y. and Ebron? Um, what do you like on the backside for the Chargers? I know a lot of people are hyped up on uh, Mike Will- Mike Williams, but I'll I'll play more Keenan shares than Mike Williams shares. Um, where are you at with this, these offenses? Yeah, I, I'm I'm not on the Colts' offense at all. I mean, you've got 12 games to choose from. That's you know plenty of teams to to get you off the Colts. If T.Y. Hilton beats me, you know, so be it. Uh, if, I mean, gosh, I mean, there's no way Jacoby Brissett's going to beat you. I mean, $6,000. But the Chargers defense is also pretty good. So if I'm making a play on this game, it's not going to be on the Colts side. I'd look at the Chargers D, and, yeah, I like Mike Williams a lot. Because you've got Keenan Allen. He's a little beat up, and traditionally he's a beat-up guy. Last year he didn't get injured, but before that he was on the no draft list for four seasons because he always got injured so mike williams he gets the targets i think all the scoring is going to come in the you know first two or three quarters before it is a blowout because the chargers can definitely take over and get a couple turnovers um not a game i'm hugely interested in but if i'm playing anyone it's gonna be mike williams and the chargers d so different teams though i wouldn't play them on the same team I was kind of, you know, leaning on stacking this when luck was around. Then I've kind of came off this game in its entirety. But now when you were, you know, talking and going on about the game, the guy that keeps on popping my head that I don't really hear anybody speaking about him um, is Eckler. You mm. know, look, we talked about, Gal- you know, Dalvin Cook earlier, and he is 7400 on FanDuel. I think on DraftKings he's even cheaper. Um, nobody's really talking about Eckler at all. They lost Gordon. Eckler's got talent. I don't think it's going to be a a 50-50 timeshare here. I think it's got to be 80-20, you know, third down back in Justin Jackson. Where where do you see them running at this point? Forget about game script, but just the the target share, the touch share for Eckler versus Justin Jackson. Is it 80-20, 70-30, 60-40? Where are you thinking? I'd probably lean more to like 65-35 or something. I mean, the thing with this game, it's hard to throw out the game script. I mean, Eckler's... Eckler's so keep the good. game script. So keep the game script. San Diego goes into the fourth of 14. Yeah. I mean, then I think you're getting a lot of Justin Jackson. And the reason for that being is that Austin Eckler's also kind of injury prone. And now you've got Melvin Gordon, who's not going to, you know, who knows when he's coming back. So they've got to keep these backs healthy knowing that Eckler's injury-prone and that Justin Jackson's good. I mean, he's a serviceable back. Then they can just put Jackson in there. You know, if they wanted to go 50-50, they could. I think they're close enough to the same player. Eckler's good, but I just – I don't know. I don't think they're going to want to just run him down. So I'm reading here on FanDuel. They actually have a note that's actually relative, so I'll read it to you. Um, Coach – Coach Anthony Lynn hinted that he'll likely have Jackson share the backfield snaps with Austin Eckler in yep. Sunday's game against the Colts. Um, I always use those guys as a tandem. That's not going to change. We're going to put guys in good positions to do what they do best. That sounds 50-50, but back to what we said originally or what I asked you originally, if somebody can decipher what these coaches actually mean by this, mm-hmm. this says 50-50. We'll, we'll talk later next week and see if it ends up being 50-50. If it ends up being 80-20 for, for either of these two backs, I would have to think it would happen to be Eckler. He can easily have 102 touchdowns. Easily, easily. I can see that happening in this game. 
I I think he's a good back. It could happen. If you if you can't make up your mind, make two lineups, put Eckler in one, put Jackson in the other, someone's getting in the end zone. Yeah, I'm going to probably have shares of both because I, I just think, you know, this game ends up being, you know, they're up at least 10-14 in the fourth quarter. And if it's going to be one of the guys, I can figure out which guy it is. But, yeah, I'll probably just split up ownership. Um, another game that I see as a blowout, they all can't be blowouts, but – Cincinnati's offense is pretty terrible. Um, they got Tyler Boyd, and nobody's going to play Tyler Boyd, or not enough people going to play him, I think. Seattle's one weak spot is going to be the secondary. Um, they lost some pieces there. Their front four is going to be really good. Their line, linebacking core, probably one of the best in the league. Um, but their defensive backs and safety is what you can potentially pick on. The only guy I'd feel somewhat confident in would be Tyler Boyd. And mm-hmm. maybe run a Tyler to Tyler uh, game stack and go lock at the board because these are two teams right now. If they weren't playing each other, you know, say Cincinnati was playing uh, Miami, I'd probably have a ton of Tyler Boyd. Yeah. If Seattle was playing a team which I think could stay with them, like a San Francisco, I'd probably be playing a ton of Tyler Lockett. Yep. But these are two, like, you know, definitive number one receivers with nobody around them. I think both these guys are interesting if they can find a way to be in somewhat of a shootout of some sense. Yeah, uh, Tyler Boyd, the clear number one on the Bengals. Dalton, he gets it. I mean, look, he's not an elite quarterback, but he gets it done every now and then. He'll win one slate a year kind of guy. Um, You've got Damian Willis, who's kind of interesting. He's sliding in for A.J. Green, and he's going to start at the X receiver in week one. He's a total punt, but, I mean, if Seattle's covering any receiver, it's going to be Boyd, which might leave Damian Willis wide open at 45. confirmed confirmed starter. It's it's him? Yeah, Damian Willis. uh, Coach Zach Taylor relayed Sunday that Willis has solidified himself as the Bengals' starting X receiver going into week one. Okay, I know they had that little dude, Erickson, and they got John Ross, so I guess Willis did something, and he's mid-salary, so... Maybe he is sneaky. You don't need much at 3K. No, no, no. You really no. don't. You, know, I mean, you really like, don't need much. Get a, get a few catches and give me, you know, 50, 60 yards. And if this guy breaks a touchdown, I mean, you're you're in the driver's seat. You're gonna be, yeah, if he goes good. four for 60 with a touchdown, you're you're crushing. Um, yeah, it looks like there might be, be some might be some weather out there, which might change things. But um, a guy I can't figure out that's probably going to be the highest owner from this game um, I'll, I'll let you talk about him. Chris Carson, trust him. What's going on in that backfield? Is it going to be somewhat of a timeshare with Rashad Penny? Is it Carson's backfield to start until he gets hurt? What do you see there? Yeah, I mean, it's Carson's backfield to start, but he's going to be sharing time with Penny, and a lot of people are high on Carson, but I, Steve Carroll's just kind of screwy with backs. Like it, it, It's just kind of who has the hot hand. I just remember just getting nailed by or watching people get nailed by it last year. I'm looking at Carson's game log from last year right now. He's got one game where he got 32 touches, which is awesome. That's a ton of touches, but only got 19 points out of it. He got over 20 FanDuel points only twice last year, and he was the lead back, and that's with over 20 carries in both games. And Pete Carroll's coming out. I read it on Seahawks Wire today that he's going to be splitting time with Rashard Penny. So that means if the game script plays out, Seattle's winning, Chris Carson's the true starter, then you can be looking at a lot of Penny in the second half. Carson would have to get his all his points early early in the game, which could happen. He's 6,600. It's a good price for him. It's a hard decision, but I don't think I'm going to have any Chris Carson. Yeah, I'll probably just have one just to have, um, try to find ways to get these guys in. But, yeah, it's not – I think he's going to be over-owned. But, if, again, if this – we don't really – we can't look into the crystal ball. We don't know what – you know, what they're thinking in Seattle. But if it again, ends up being 80-20 Carson and game script says that Seattle's going to win by 10, you might see a lot of Chris Carson this fourth quarter. So I'm going to have a share just to back it up. But I can see, you know, based on what you heard from management, that, you know, it might be a timeshare. So, so I won't go heavy on Carson. I think there are better spots. Um, the game that I find the most interesting, um, I don't know how – Highly owned is going to be, but there's so many weapons here, which makes sense to me mm. on both sides. Pretty clear-cut places to go. Um, if I go Garoppolo, I would like to pair him with Kittle. 
I go Winston, I can pair him with Evans, Godwin, or Howard and feel comfortable. Running game, I will lean towards, I guess, uh, this is the only part I guess a little bit tough, would probably be Breda, you know, thinking that San Fran's going to be down, maybe he gets into the end zone early, and mm-hmm. then maybe gets a lot of, you know, passes in the third and fourth quarter if they're playing catch-up at all. Um, San Fran's coming in as a slight favorite. The receiving car of San Fran, do you have a, a sense on how this is going to play out? Is it Dante Pettis? Is it Marquise Goodwin? Where do you see San Fran's wide receiving core? Uh, I mean, I'm hearing some buzz on Pettis. I mean, I know he's last year towards the end of the season, he was looking good. He was, uh, gosh, he got what, four touchdowns the last six games of last season. He's getting the targets, but Garoppolo wasn't in. So it's hard to know if Garoppolo, you know, if it's going to be Garoppolo's. Lead receiver, I tend to think of Garoppolo as a guy who likes to spread it out. But it's a good spot. It should be a high-scoring game. I mean, Kittle's probably the play here if you're looking at someone who's going to catch the ball. And then I also like Tevin Coleman. I like Tevin Coleman. I know he's not starting. I know Breed is starting. But Tevin Coleman came over from Atlanta to a Shanahan coach. Oh, so that's why I like him because he he came from Atlanta. I got you. I got you. Yep, he came from Atlanta. Shanahan likes him. He knows he's a pass catching back. He's seen what he can do. And Coleman was oh, he was a little beat up last year. I mean, I'm a Falcons guy. I was watching him. I was hearing all the all the stuff in the background. And I mean, he still got it done a lot of the time last year. He's 6,300 and can give you a touchdown. So you like you know, Coleman over Brita here? And where do you see Coleman? You see Coleman as splitting time, catching passes, or is it just where do you see? Is Brita still catching passes, or is it? It's all Coleman when they're down. I think Coleman. I think they got Coleman there to be the pass catching bag. Brita can catch passes, so it might be a good way to throw the defense off a little bit. But I think you're looking at like a 60-40 split with Coleman maybe getting about eight rushes and gosh, I'm going to say you know five five six targets. Especially if they're down, he's going to get more though. So he's he's got high upside for the price. Okay. Any of these running backs, do you want to do you want to fade the entire slate and just eliminate all the ownership on this game and play one of these Tampa Bay Buccaneers and ruin everybody's day? Oh gosh, I, yeah, that you know what I mean. Someone's gonna have to do it, right? Someone's running the ball there. So who is it? It's it's might be is a it split. Just take both chairs and then hope <laughs> hope Winston <laughs> just gets vultured on every touchdown. And 80% of your lineups die with Winston and Godwin and Evans and Howard, and you just score a three-touchdown Peyton Barber day? Or is it Ronald if you're, Jones? If you're playing the Millie Maker, then you can maybe throw a Peyton Barber, show in, Barber share in there. I'm not looking at Ronald Jones. No Jones at all. I, I'm not looking at him. No, I'm not playing any Ronald Jones. If I got a, a play on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it's either Mike Evans or it's going to be O.J. Howard. And you're feeding high ownership Godwin? Yeah, I think so. I, I just, he's going to be popular. And I mean, Chris Godwin, he's okay. I mean, but, I mean, he's not, if he's going to be top 10 most owned receivers, no, I'm, I'm really not interested. Yeah, the guy, the guy's got, he's probably the guy I, I feel like is the most hyped up. You know, in drafts, he was going so early, like, I, I I can see why though, because he had a good finish last year. You know, Evans gets hurt all the time. Adam Humphrey's no longer there, so he's going to get some opportunities. So I'm going to have some shares, but I I can get behind. You know, not going crazy with Godwin. Um, down to Dallas, is, is Zeke playing? Is he not playing? V is playing. Can you predict how much he's playing? Are we just guessing here? Any gut calls on, on Zeke? I don't think he's going to get all the – I heard he wasn't getting all the snaps. Uh, I need to hear more news on that. I mean, of course, all the news on Elliott broke a couple days ago. It's kind of hard to feel out right now. But what I do know about the Cowboys is that they can drain the clock. They can run Zeke. They can run Pollard if he's in. They'll toss it to Cooper, and they'll just try and milk the clock for seven, eight minutes going down the field. I think this is going to be a quick game. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I think the Cowboys' defense is going to completely zone in on Barkley, which is going to force Eli to try and throw it. But you've got Shepard with a fractured thumb, which is going to be tough. So Evan Ingram should be getting more targets than than usual, I would say here. 
I just think it's going to be a quick game, low scoring. I don't think there's a lot of fantasy production here. There's too many question marks for me. Agreed. Um, with pretty much everything you, you said, uh, I'm going to say two things that, you know, just talking to you kind of came in my head. Um, number one, I got a ton of Michael Gallup season long. Oh. So, ton of that. Um, okay. Whatever that turns into, it turns into. I just kept on grabbing, grabbing him late. All my best ball drafts. This guy just keep grabbing and keep grabbing and keep grabbing. For this week, not the best matchup uh, for him, but I'll have some shares with him. If I do go to Dak, I'll have a Dak to Cooper and I'll have a Dak to Gallup. Um, now the 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 gut call that came to me just listening to you talk. I don't hear anybody talking about Barkley, and mm-hmm. the guy scored points. In every single matchup last year, no matter what the game script was, no matter what went on, no matter what defense it was, dude just kept on scoring and scoring and scoring, and nobody's talking about him. You know, you didn't even want to talk about him and Saquon Barkley. He's the number one pick in most season longs. If not number one, he's number two. Coming off a year where he just dominated everybody he went against, and he's going to be supremely low-owned. Like, supremely, yeah. supremely low owned. So, just hearing you not want to talk about him and knowing that I made some lineups and I haven't talked about him at all and he's he's Saquon Barkley, I definitely have to have some shares. You know, just like we're going to have shares of McCaffrey, I think if you're making more than five lineups and you don't have a Barkley lineup out there, I think you're doing um, – he's just too good and you have to have a share. And there, he's not in a timeshare. He's coming fresh. He didn't get hurt. <laughs> no, There's yeah. nothing wrong with the dude. Like, and you remember what he did last year. I think you can play Barkley naked even with maybe a, a Dak Cooper or Dak Gallup combination. Or just play Barkley naked in cash. I think it's a good call if you can find value, um, which I think there is a good amount of value out there. Yeah, it's tough to know with Barkley. So you've got Shepard, who's a little beat up. There's no more Odell. They're definitely going to want Barkley to be the focal point of their offense. But you also have a Cowboys team who's been knowing that they're going to play the Giants for the last three months and thinking about stopping Saquon Barkley. The defense is better this year in Dallas. That's going to be their entire focal point. They're going to say, we're not going to let Barkley beat us. We're going to make Eli try and do it. And it's a rivalry game. Like I said, I think it's low scoring, and I think it's a quick game, and I just I can't pay that much. He's the most expensive running back, and I just I can't do it. Zero ownership, Saquon Barkley. I'm gonna not play Saquon Barkley. Yeah, that's right. Okay, what was it? What was the other call? Top. What was who's top? Who's my top running back? No, no. What, what did what do we uh, add a note to? You said something top, and I said I want the under on that. Forgot what it was already. Uh, uh, was it a uh, Geronimo Allison? No, 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 no. He said something else. Oh, Odell's your top wide receiver. He, as far as yeah, I'll give you. Well, I I'm coming off Odell a little bit just because the hip thing, but I think he's in a great spot. It's hard. It's hard to say. What's What's the bet you want to offer? That you're going to be not so happy about the 0% Barkley, and Odell is definitely not going to be a top receiver. But let's let's finish this last game. Another dude, so overhyped, um, Kyler Murray. Oh, gosh, yeah. So overhyped. And a guy that I like that I've only made like one or two mocks as placeholder lineups. And do you know the guy I have in, in both those lineups right now? Who's that? Um, Matthew Stafford. Oh, okay. Well, he's going to be low owned. I don't know why, though. You know, if, if you know, Patrick Patterson's out of the game, Arizona's defense is pretty bad. Detroit's defense is pretty bad. It's in a dome. Um, Stafford's got to throw the ball. I'm not a big carry on Johnson fan. I think if Arizona, if everybody's liking Kyler Murray, why not like Matthew Stafford here? You know, that's my thought about it. And you know where the targets are going. It's not like you have, like, wide receivers that you don't know about. So to pair Galladay 
with Matthew Stafford is a pretty mm-hmm. easy call. And I think I'd want a second stack with potentially even both of them, Galladay and Jones, or just do a Jones stack. I think it's a I think it's a great play, you know, for GPPs. I wouldn't, you know, go crazy in cash. I'm not a big cash player, but I really like the Stafford to Galladay, Stafford to Jones call. And I'm not if for every I would say for every one lineup, if I if I'm making multi lineups, if, for every one lineup of Kyle Murray, I'll definitely have three lineups of, of Matthew Stafford. Yeah, you. That I mean, you're going to be on Stafford Island. That's the kind of play that can win a GPP for sure. He's got the receivers. I just I'm looking at his game logs. He had a bad season last year. I mean, he had two games over 20 fantasy points. He didn't win a single week. I remember playing him a few times last year. Matt Stafford's had a pretty rough off season too, uh, just with personal stuff going on. I I don't know. I just What's I can't his personal get stuff. I, I haven't heard about this. Share yeah, the it, personal stuff. He he had I well it's it's he his wife had a, a personal thing going on. She had surgery and he's been I know he's been dealing with that. I live in Georgia and yeah, I just said, uh, you know, he's a, a Georgia kid and I hear a lot about it. Um but uh you know, I don't know. I'm not there. I don't I'm not that down on the Cardinals defense, honestly. I like defenses at home on opening weekends for someone who a quarterback I don't love. With a running back, I don't love him. I know a lot of people are high on carry on Johnson. I just don't see it. Kenny Galladay's okay, but on any other team, he'd be a wide receiver too. Marvin Jones is, you know, has a couple big games a year. Uh, I don't see it, but that's also the kind of play that can win you a GPP. No, you you didn't see me losing money last year playing Stafford too. You know, so I liked him last year. I got to think for Stafford. I just think he's a gunslinger. Gunslinger. He throws the ball a lot. I know where his passes should be going. But, yeah, I'm looking at this game log, and you're kind of selling me off my Stafford shares because I probably had him. You know, he didn't do too well in Arizona last year. Uh, 15 for 23, 101 yards passing. Pretty impressive game there. Um, I'll have some shares still. Though. You know, I like the fact he'll be on their own. Are you, gonna, are you on the Kyler Murray uh, bandwagon or no? No, I'm I'm way off the Kyler Murray bandwagon. I mean, you don't you don't really see rookie quarterbacks come in and and just tear it up. I I, I just don't see it. Detroit's not a great defense or anything, but I don't know. I, Kyler Murray's just a little too overrated for me, and I'm just I'm not playing a rookie quarterback in his first NFL game in Week One. No way. David Johnson, Larry Fitzgerald, anybody on his Arizona offense? David Johnson's pretty interesting. I think he's going to be low owned. I think with a rookie quarterback, he's going to want to dump it down to David Johnson because he knows he's reliable. Dump it down to the tight end. Charles Clay is there. He's a little bit interesting. He got it done sometimes in Buffalo. No one's going to play this guy. He's a GPP flyer, total punt. Um, but I don't. I don't hate David Johnson actually. If there's a receiver that you'd want to pair, Kyler Murray. Say you're making your 50th lineup and you want to play Murray. Yeah. You go with Kirk or Fitzgerald? No, I definitely go with Fitzgerald. Christian Kirk is uh, – I'm, I'm not sold on Christian Kirk. Larry Fitzgerald is Larry Fitzgerald. I mean, if you're a quarterback coming into the league, are you going to dump it down to Christian Kirk or are you going to dump it down to Larry Fitzgerald? Uh, I'd probably go with Fitz. I think he's a better dude overall. Um, so that's pretty much the slate. We went through it all. Um, it's, it's a big slate. We're playing blind just like you are. You know, week one, there's no trends. We don't know which receiving core is going to be high-powered. We don't know how these coaches are thinking. We don't know about secondaries. We're making guesses. We're making educated educated guesses. But there's been so many moves with coaching staffs. There's been so many moves with players. There's some unknown still. You know, while we're doing this podcast on Friday, what Zeke's going to be like, what, you know, we're assuming Melvin Gordon's not playing. I don't think that's going to change much. Um, there are some injuries with Odell, um, Diggs, a couple other players that we've got to, you know, check up on. It's still Friday night, late Friday. There's still some MLB going on. But check in, you know, on Saturday and Sunday. We're going to be having live streams on Sunday. We're going to have another podcast on Saturday. There's so much content on the site. I haven't read through it all yet, but I'm sure people got deep, knee-deep in Arizona's offense and different offenses. Uh, my favorite game stack right now uh, would be the San Francisco-Tampa Bay game. Mm-hmm. My sneaky stack 
would probably be this Detroit-Arizona game. Um, but I do think that Buffalo and the Jets could be kind of sneaky as well. And who knows? You know, Barkley, I'm starting to, you know, you, when you start coming along and you talk things out, Barkley is super low-owned. He might be in a good spot. But I do, I do tend to go McCaffrey over Barkley. But I'll definitely have a lineup with Barkley and McCaffrey together because that worked last year pretty much every week. You know, if you found a way to get both of them in, you can pencil in 30 from each, and you, you're starting with 60, and then he's got to fill in the rest of your spot. So I'll have a couple lineups like that. What's your favorite two stacks, Dave? We're kind of on the same page. I mean, I think Tampa 49ers is going to be a, a good stack. I like the Buffalo Jets game. And I think uh, Atlanta-Minnesota is kind of sneaky. Uh, the defenses are, are fine. Minnesota's fine. Atlanta's offense is elite. Minnesota, you've got Cooks, Thielen, Diggs, Rudolph, Irv Smith, sleeper. Vikings only kept four wide receivers on the roster. They've got Rudolph playing tight end, but they're going to play two tight end sets, and they're high on Irv Smith. Um, so he is a deep, deep punt, millie, millie maker punt, definitely not a cash game play. He might show up with a zero. He might show up with you know, a touchdown and 50. Um, so yeah, those are probably my three. I'm not seeing anything else that I see to be a real shootout. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, more value will come out. There's certain things that got to shake out with injuries and as things progress. Um, like I said, we're going to be doing more podcasts on Saturday and Sunday, updating our projection models, our cheat sheets and stuff like that. There'll be more articles coming out with ownership so stay on top of everything. You know, stay with us, winddailysports.com. Dave, thanks for having us. And uh, tomorrow will be Saturday night on Sirius Radio. So if anybody has a subscription, uh, Dave is going to be a special guest. It's going to be me and Matt Stryker. Um, we have a couple other people coming on as well. So check us out on the Sirius Channel 87 at 11 p.m. Eastern to 1 a.m. Uh, Dave, thanks for having us. Um, and we'll talk soon, brother. All right, man. Sounds good. Let's win some money. Let's do it.